So I messed up. Yeah. Um, I okay. Here's what happened. So I did film episode three, right? I did my makeup and everything, and I usually film the intro and the outro when I'm done. When I'm done filming, when I'm done doing my makeup, and then I do it at the very end. Um, so my camera, like the battery died, and so I was like, okay, let me just charge it, um, and then you know. I can film it later. Well, that didn't happen because it was pretty late at night and I was really tired. So I was like, I'll just do my makeup and then, you know, do the same thing and just film it the next day. That did not happen. I completely forgot. So now when I tried to go back and edit, I, I didn't have the footage and I was like, what's going on? And it's because my idiot self did not record. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let me just do the intro now. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back, roomies! <laughs> you are listening to K-Drama in Room 343. I'm your host, C. Choi, aka Christina, and today, like I said before, we are going to talk about episode 3 of Penthouse Season 1. If you are joining for the first time, hello! This is a podcast where I summarize in detail each drama episode with my own commentary all the while doing my makeup. You can watch me do my makeup on my YouTube channel. Just search K-Drama in room 343 and it will be uploaded to my channel, Yuri Choi. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And for those of you who are listening on our podcast platforms, welcome back. And make sure you are subscribed to our podcast wherever you are listening from and leave a five-star rating. All right. Now on with the show. Okay, let's dive into episode three. Um, I tried my best to take as little notes, or I tried my best to not stop the video while I was typing up my notes. So hopefully this episode is a little bit shorter than the others. Let's begin. So episode three, um, Tante is, or excuse me, the devil. He orders the maid to basically throw out everything that Anna has touched. And this kind of upsets Suryeon. She's like, is this really the man that I married? Like, I didn't know. So Suryeon is talking to the devil and um, she's just saying like, I'm so disappointed in your behavior. Like I, that you had this side of you, um, you know, like she was talking about how like the kids they see our behavior and um we need to be good role models so i'm so disappointed in the way you treated anna like that and then she like walks away tante he like looks pissed he was drinking um oh excuse me i said tante again i mean the devil he was drinking tea and then he just like crashes the or he like he like breaks the teacup with his bare hands so Somebody has anger problems, but uh, we already knew that, didn't we? So we see Minsora, and remember last episode, she was getting beaten and basically like being bullied, intense bullying um, from the hair kids, hair club kids. And so she finally like made it out. We don't know how she made it out. Um, I guess they let her go or something. 
but she's completely beaten and battered. She's like bleeding, she has bruises. She's walking home and she's flashing back to all the stuff that the kids had told her about like, you know, when they were taunting her from the previous episode, she's having that flashback. As if we don't already know what happened to her. You know, she comes home and she's crying and she's t talking to herself. She's like, I tried to just live my life um, honestly. And I worked, you know, I worked hard to live like this. You know, like she's like just crying because all these bad things just happened to her, even though she didn't mean them to, you know, she all she did, all she wanted to do was just go to the school, you know, like earn some money and go to school. That's all she wanted to do. So she's crying and, and Sugar, her dog, is like comforting her. Then she gets a text from Suryan congratulating her for getting uh, first place in the admissions test. And she sees the message and she's a little bit, you know, she's consoled a little bit. She knows that Suryan, you know, is the only nice one in this freaking entire drama. At the middle school, uh, at Jenny and Rona's middle school, they are celebrating. Jenny's mom has like this huge banner put up in the entrance of the school because Jenny made it to the school. Like Jenny made it to Chonga Arts Fine Arts School. I don't know why, like it's banner worthy, but she has that like all, she has the banner set up and then she even like have like a snack station to gift to all the students. And the principal comes and he like gives Jenny a, uh, and Jenny's mom like a flower bouquet and Jenny's mom is like, oh, you know, like I um, am treating the school and the students today. Um, the students will get like a buffet and the teachers, I've like arranged a special dinner at like this fancy restaurant. And the principal is like, oh, thank you so much. You know, like you always do the best for us. And congratulations, Jenny, on making it to the art Chonga Art School. And the principal, he like, you know, remember his front two teeth were missing. He got them, uh, he got like implants, but they're like gold implants. So he has like basically two <laughs> gold front teeth. Um, pretty funny. And then Yunhee and Rona comes, uh, they pull up from the school um, and they see the situation. Jenny's mom and Jenny, they just like brag to her that Jenny made it. And um, Rona just like runs off to her class and Yunhee feels like absolutely terrible, you know. Jenny and Jenny's mom, they just continue to like brag it in their faces. Like, huh, you thought that you could make it? <laughs> Scoff. And everyone in Rona and Jenny's class, apparently they're like classmates. Um, they're like congratulating Jenny on making it and like thanking her for the food. And Rona is like, she tries to ignore everything and um, she has her earphones in and just trying to like ignore the situation. But Jenny like comes up right in front of her and starts like taunting her. Um, and then Jenny's like, you know, if somebody on the admission list dies, then you'll be able to get into the school. Ha 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 ha. Since you are number one on the wait list. But then um, Jenny tells her that, well, it's too bad like that you didn't know. Like, I can't believe you didn't know. But the admission list is already decided beforehand. So you just like wasted your time. And Rona's like, what do you mean? And Jenny explains that 23 people in the admission lists are 
students from like a wealthy family who basically like I guess pay the school or like patrons of the school so they're like the wealthy the rich and so 23 students are from that list so they're fixed basically um, and then they let in a couple of geniuses from like poor backgrounds like just complete like just full-on geniuses you know um, with amazing talent I guess aka Minsora uh, would be that case. And then the rest of the seats, which like is only a couple of seats left then, is then competed by people like just regular people like Rona. So um, Jenny is telling her that the reason why she's not placed is because obviously she doesn't have the, the support, the financial support from her parents. Like she's not rich. And then she gets a call from Unbyar and she kind of just like brags in um, Rona's face like, oh, Unbyar, is that you? Oh, you mean the orientation text? I got it too. When are you going to the orientation? Just like looking at Rona and basically just like taunting her. Then Rona hears Unbyar's voice and she remembers because she saw Unbyar come out of the test crying because um, she had messed up on the test, right? So from the last episode. And so she remembers that and she's like, wait, I thought she messed up. She's like, and she's like suspecting something fishy going on, which I mean, there is something fishy going on, you know? So then we see Rona go go to Sojin's office, banging on the door and asking the secretary there if she can see and talk to um, Sojin. But the secretary will not let her in. Rona sees the flowers and the bouquets um, displayed in front of Sojin's office, congratulating Enbyar on getting into the school. And she like starts breaking them. She like topples them over, smashes the flower pots on the ground, and the secretary's like, what are you doing? Rona just keeps doing it. And then the three uh, Hair Club kids, the three girls from Hair Club kids, Jenny, Eunbyar, and Seokgyong, they show up. Jenny's like, Rona, like, what are you doing here? Rona then sees Haeunbyar, um, she like, confronts Umbyar basically saying like how did you get into the school if you messed up like I for sure know that you messed up on the test like I saw you at the admissions test like on that day you came out crying like how did you get into the school and then Sajin comes out of the office hearing all the noise and Sojin sees Rona holding Umbyar by the shoulders and just like asking her you know like shaking her and then Rona is like so now you come out after I throw a fit that's when you come out. And then she tells Sojin that she wants to see the results, like the scoring sheet, because she can't believe that she didn't make it while she knows she didn't mess up. She like made no mistakes and she knows that Umbir made a mistake. And so she wants to see how like fair the scoring was basically and demands to see the scoring sheet. Like the admission list is rigged and I know it. So if you don't, if you want to prove me wrong, then show me the scoring sheet. Sojin just tells her like, why would I show you that? That's confidential, first of all. Um, you better leave before I call security. But Rona just like throws a fit. She like lays flat on the floor and refuses to leave until she like sees some proof. Unbyar is, sh she looked shocked 
and she looks scared. So she tries to like pull Rona up and she's like just tugging her arm, like get up, like stop doing this. Like, what are you doing throwing a tantrum here? And then Rona like just like pushes Eunbyeol to the side and Eunbyeol like falls over on her arm and she like hurts her arm. And Sojin then screams at her like, what are you doing? Like, how dare you? You're just like your mom to throw a tantrum like this. And actually Suryeon overhears all of this. Like she was in the hallway as well. Uh, she came like a little bit late, but she saw what was happening. Then the next scene is at the police station. So lawyer Lee is there. He's representing um, uh, Sojin and Eunbyeol. And he basically shows all the security tapes, um, like what Rona did in front of Sojin's office. And he also shows what Yunhee did with the trophy in episode one, when she was like threatening Sojin, he also shares that with the police and basically tells Yunhee, because Yunhee had come um, to like, because of Rona. So lawyer Lee tells Yunhee that Yunhee was also, um, is also being sued by Sojin. And he just basically, he basically tells them that they're not going to settle unless it's for 1 million won, which I think is, so as of now, that is $86,000. But it's basically like $100,000. Yoon Hee was like, I don't have that kind of money. Like, what are you talking about? But she's frustrated because there's tape, you know, proving her threatening Sojin with the trophy and also Rona pushing Eunbyeol down and hurting her and destroying uh, property, basically, like inside the office. I don't understand, like, Rona, like, why did you have to break that? Like, you could just stay there and boycott until she comes out. You know, she's gonna have to come out. Like, you could, there are other means of bringing her out. But anyways, anyways, um, Yoonhee is frustrated because the police, they can't do anything. And Lawyer Lee just, like, says that's the settlement agreement. That's the agreement for the settlement. $100,000. Dr. Ha also shows up to the police station and he looks pretty pissed, which I mean, like, he just, I would be pissed too, just got the phone call that my daughter was hurt by some nobody. So then he shows up at the police station, but he sees Yoonhee and he's like shocked. So he actually hides or he comes out of the station so um, so that they don't like meet. Um, Yoonhee and Rona, they're walking out as well. So he like hides. So there's something going on there and Lawyer Lee actually notices this. He notices that the defendant's mom is their high school buddy. So I guess Dr. Ha also went to Chang'a Arts High School or something like that. Um, they said that they're all from the same high school. And so Lawyer Lee is like, is she like your first love or what's the situation? I smell something fishy. And Dr. Ha just like ignores him. Back at Eunbyeol's house, um, she is actually flashing back to her admissions test. And it is revealed that she panicked. She basically had like a full on panic attack while she was singing. And she ran out of the test crying. And the scorers, so Sojin wasn't in the audience or like wasn't one of the judges. I guess they have like different panels or something. Um, and so the judges even gave her like a poor scoring. So there was something fishy. But then Eunbyeol just kind of like consoles herself. Like, as long as I keep my mouth shut, like 
no one will know the secret. She looks very, like, anxious. Um, I think she's... I feel like... I'm not, like, a psychologist or anything, but I feel like she has some kind of PTSD or something like that. Yeah. At Rona's house, um, Yoon-hee is treating Rona's fingers because she got a cut from when she was, like, smashing the flower pots. Rona is sleeping, and she just kind of, like, treats him. And she basically, like flashes back to what lawyer Lee had said about the the settlement um, and she's like what am I supposed to do meanwhile Sojin is feeling really good about herself she's like you know um, humming and she's like she's feeling good and she feels happy that she like got her revenge um, Dr. Ha comes in and he sees how happy she is and and he notices her necklace. It's the necklace that the devil had given her. Um, he's like, that's a new necklace. I haven't seen it before. You're not wearing the one that I got you, even though you wanted it so badly. Sojin then just lies, saying that, oh, I got this from my father. You know, I and he and she's like, just because I liked the necklace that you gave me doesn't mean I have to wear it every day. It's broken though, like the devil snapped it off, right? So she probably doesn't even have it. And then she just like walks out of the room and he looks very angry. Then the next scene is Min Sora's bullied tape. That tape that Min Hyuk had recorded. It's posted all over the internet, even the school, like the school's website. And so everybody sees it. And um, it's like on the news as well that that this happened to a to such a prestigious school. Sojin gets a call from her dad, I believe, and I think her dad is saying like, how can you let this happen, blah, 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 and she's like, I got it, like, I will make sure that she doesn't come to the school. And then she hangs up and she's like, I can't believe, like, this girl tried to trick me and taint something that I have, something of mine, like, how dare she? So then she plans to actually have Min Sora sign a contract um, upon admission saying that she will no long she will not attend the school um, that way since it's past the admissions day the seat will not go to the number one on the wait list which is Rona so she's planning to get rid of Rona and Minzora at the same time which is weird like that doesn't really make sense to me like you're on the wait list if a position opens up like even if it was like the first day of school, it goes to the waitlist person, right? Am I not understanding that correctly? I mean, that's how it is in America, I think, but I guess in Korea it's different. I don't know. The next scene is the day of the orientation. Yoon-hee went to the school to see if she can do something about Rona's situation and um, she basically hears the news that there's really nothing they can do because, you know, this school is such a prestigious school, like no one on the admissions list will give up their position or give up their seat. So the guy, I guess the teacher, the counselor, basically told Yuni that there's nothing that she can do. Then she sees Hojin walk in and she grabs Hojin and basically like kneels and begs Hojin to, you know, let Rona into the school. She's like, you're powerful. I know you can do it. Please. Like the feud is between me and you, not our kids. So please don't let Rona suffer for me. 
Um, and then Cao Jin is like, you want me to use my connections to illegally enroll Rona into the school? Blasphemous. Or is that what you did with Unbyar? She then is like, what happened to all of your confidence from before? You said you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that Rona gets into the school with her talent. What happened to that confidence? Huh? Then Sojin like leans over and basically like tells her, she's like planting the idea like, you know what you can do instead of begging me? You can just kill one of the students in the missions list. What? So at the orientation, Min Sora walks in, but of course the news of her, you know, being, I don't know, somehow like there was also a rumor that she works or like that she was seen to go hang out in like clubs and just party. Like she's a party girl. She loves alcohol, even though she's a minor. Um, yeah, there was like a rumor that spread all over the student body and it's posted with that video. So everyone is like talking about her. She's like walking down the hallway and literally people will just not even like talk behind her back, but just like talk in front of her. Like, oh my gosh, that girl is the dirty girl. Oh my gosh, that girl is the the girl who goes to clubs and dances and drinks alcohol. So dirty, the orphan. They just like talk about it in front of her. And then Minsora, like she doesn't back down. She's like, did you see me come out of the the club like did you see but they just like ignore her and just like continues to talk bad about her and the hair club kids they continue to taunt her um when she goes into the classroom they're basically saying like the audacity you have to show up even though you have like you know such a bad reputation like how can you show up still and Minsora is like i have no reason not to show up she then grabs um, Seokyung by her collar and basically like confronts her too. Seokyung's a little bit surprised and Seokyung's like, what are you doing? You know? And Minsora, she's just like standing up for herself. Like, go girl. Like, the br- like she's so brave. I would have, I would have left. <laughs> I would not have shown up, honestly. <laughs> then the teacher comes in and basically tells uh, Minsora to go to the director's office, the school director's office. She goes in to see Sojin there, and Sojin basically gives her the contract, saying that, you know, nothing will happen to her if she just signs the contract that um, forfeits basically her seat at the school. Min Sora is like, I'm not gonna sign this contract. Like, I want to attend the school. And Sojin looks at her in, in like shock. She's like, How can you say such a horrible thing? Like, like you committed a crime. It's a crime to commit fraud. Like you, that's what you did. You lied about your age to earn money. That's fraud. That's gonna go on your permanent record. Our school reputation, like we can't have students like that, like with any criminal records. And then Min Sora is like begging her, like she goes over to Sojin and like, re- like grabs onto her arm and she's like begging her, like, please, like, Tutoring is separate. Like, I really need want to attend this school. Like, I have talent. I got into the school with my voice, you know? Like, please, I really, um, like, I'm really sorry about lying. And if it's about the money, I promise I will pay it all back. Like, I'll take my punishment for that. But please just let me go. Let me attend this school. Sajin then looks like 
fully disgusted and she like looks at Anna like or she looks at Minsora like she's looking at a bug basically and she tells her you disgust me and I cannot believe that you are in the same room as Inga and she's like saying just thinking about you tainting my innocent Umbyar gives me the creeps. Being with an uneducated and unparented bug like you is disgusting. Min Sora is like shocked that she, Sojin said this. I mean, like, to say this to a child, that's like, that's messed up. Like, come on, girl. Like, we understand that you're bad that, you know, she tricked you, but you didn't have to say it like that. Gosh, these people are just evil, I'm telling you. So entitled, too. Then Min Sora tells her, you know, I'm a person just like your daughter. I'm just a child just like your daughter. Then Sojin gets super angry. She's like, how dare you compare yourself to my child? And she throws, her, she had like a tea in her hand. Like a cup of tea in her hand. She basically throws the tea into Minsora's face. Minsora, like, something clicks, right? And she's full-on pissed because I would be too. And, like, her eyes kind of, her gaze kind of just changes. And she basically starts to blackmail. Because remember, she caught Sojin and the devil having an affair. She tells Sojin that she knows about her and the devil she's like 35th floor Hera palace garden i know what happened there sojin freaks out she's like what are you talking about she's like i know what you did i saw it all i saw you guys together and then um sojin's like i don't know what you're talking about like you know there's nothing between the devil and me and Minsora is like, oh, well, I don't know what those, well, people will think about the videotape then. You know, it sure didn't look like nothing to me. And then Minsora like starts ripping up the contract that uh, Sojin had given her and basically just tells her, I'm attending this school. And if you don't want people to know about this tape, I will see you when school starts. And she leaves. Sojin looks very shocked. I mean, I will be shocked too. That's why you don't do bad things, bro. Tante and Suryon are on the phone, and Suryon is actually at the hospital uh, overlooking Hain and basically tells Tante that she wants to pay more attention, that they should, they, they both should pay more attention to Hain now that the twins are you know they made it to the school like you know our immediate worries are over they got into the school so we should start more paying more attention to Hayne and Tante is actually looking at Hayne's room from his office at his um, company he had like a camera installed or something so he sees Suryon with her and so um Tante but then Tante tells her like yes of course sweetie and then he hangs up and he looks pissed like he is so angry he looks at a wedding picture from of him and Suryon and then he has a flashback the flashback is young Dante 
or the devil, I guess. Sorry, my, my bad, my bad. Young devil, like he is picking out a ring for Suryan and, but then he gets a call from Suryan. And I think at the time, Suryan was studying overseas, um, studying abroad in America, and they were engaged to be married. But Suryan basically calls off the engagement saying, I'm getting married here soon. Um, I basically have somebody here that I love and want to start a family with. And so we need to call off our engagement. I've already spoken to all of our parents and let them know that this was happening so you don't have to worry about anything. Um, and basically just hangs up. Tante is looking super angry. He like throws the ring, um, but then it flashes back, it like transitions back. So he's actually throwing the, uh, the photo album that was on his desk. And he says, you still can't forget that guy. Like. You love him still so much to the point that you still care about that stupid child. Devil. Devil. Then he gets a phone call from Sojin and Sojin is panicking. Um, they meet up at the garden. Sojin is like full on freaking out saying like Minzora has tape. She has a recording of us. Like, what are we gonna do? But Tante is looking like oddly calm. He's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I've dealt with those kinds of people. They, they think they have something over us, but they really don't. Um, don't worry about it, honey. I'll take care of it. Meanwhile, Yunhee here overhears that Minsora was the one who placed first in the admissions test and also hears about the rumor regarding uh, Minsora. And so she's basically following Minsora after the orientation from the school. Like she follows her around like a stalker, basically. And like, it was kind of getting really creepy because when Minsora was coming down the stairs, Yuni, like she had like this maddening look on her eyes and she's like about to push Minsora off the stairs and basically just like thinking like if you're not in the picture my Rona could she's like literally about to kill her so Minsora was doing the dishes at her part-time job in the back of the restaurant because you know minors in Korea they can't like work and then Yoonhee sees like a like a pro like a cool probing rod you know those like really long like poking sticks um, it's like really pointy at the end and she grabs one out of the fire and she like starts to creep behind Minsora. But then the stick, like, I don't know why they did that, but it's like blurred out. Like they, they put a blurring effect on the probing stick. But it's so funny because you know what it is and you can see like the handle where she's like grabbing it. You can, that part is not blurred out. It's just the tip that's blurred out. So... I don't get why they did that. I mean, they've shown so many violent scenes in this drama and that they blur out that they blur out the the knife like they that's what they blur out. What? I was so confused. Um it looked so funny because it looked like she was holding on to like a cotton candy um using like a skewer, like a long skewer with a cotton candy attached to the tip. It was pretty funny. And anyway, she's like um, sneaking up behind Minsora while she's doing the dishes, crouched down, doing the dishes. And then she comes to her senses because she sees, like, you know, her daughter reflection, 
reflected off of Minsora. Like she's just a child, right? And so Yunhi finally comes to her senses saying like, oh my gosh, I was about to kill just an innocent girl who's living so like, like dutifully, like doing everything, you know, like she's, she's alone. She's an orphan. She heard that she was an orphan. So she's basically like making her own living at such a young age. And Yunhi like regrets like what she was about to do. And she leaves the stick and just leaves. And when she goes home, actually, Dr. Ha was in the neighborhood, like, waiting for Yuni, but he doesn't even, like, go up to her. He sees her, like, go into her house, and he's just, like, watching her from behind, like, hashtag creepy. I wonder what their secret is. Like, maybe they are, maybe, I mean, I remember in the synopsis that there's a love triangle between... Um, the three. So I guess it's gonna be a plot. We'll see what happens, but it's real creepy just murking around <laughs> a person's house like that. At the hospital, Tante or the devil is talking to his secretary, um, basically saying that she she lived long enough um, under fake parents. So when I heard this, I, you know, immediately my Korean drama senses tingled, I guess. And I was like, okay, so she is actually not um, Sudyeon's biological daughter. He probably like swapped the babies or whatever at birth. Anyways, um, yeah, so Sudyeon Hain was not, is not Sudyeon's biological daughter. And Tante is like planning to basically pull the plug on Hain. Lawyer Lee and Dr. Ha, they meet up and Dr. Ha basically gives the settlement money to um, Lawyer Lee, like the settlement between Yoon-hee and Seo-jin. And Lawyer Lee is like, Seo-jin's not going to be happy if she finds out about this. But Dr. Ha is like, don't worry about it and just, you know, do what I told you to do. And Lawyer Lee does, but he starts like probing, like, so what is the story between, you know, is it an affair? Are you still having the affair? Is it recent? Or has it been going on for a while? Like, what's the story behind? And Dr. Ha gets, like, super pissed and he just, like, leaves. He, like, yells at him and just, like, leaves. At the hair club meetings, it's just the moms. And um, Jenny's moms brought a petition for um, all the moms in Cheonga Arts High School to sign and that petition basically is to expel Minsora saying like she doesn't deserve to be a girl with her reputation doesn't deserve to go to this school and um all the moms have she's Jenny's mom is like all the moms have signed it all I need is just your signature so she gives it to Minhyuk's mom and she signs it but Sudan says that she will not agree to do such a horrendous thing. Like, we're adults. Like, we're supposed to be setting examples. And we're just believing these random rumors. And we know her. Like, we know her. We met her. And her character is not like that. So I will not go forth and sign this petition. And she just, like, walks out. Sojin also looks very angry. She's worried about the tape that Minsora has. So she asks Jenny, like, she asks Jenny's mom if Minsora knows about this petition. And they're like, yeah, of course. I mean, rumors probably spread, you know, that this petition is in effect. Then 
all three of them, they get a text and it's from Minsora. The text basically um, talks about how she will not stand by idly like while this happens to her because she did nothing wrong. And it has a voice file attached to the text. It's a recording of the hair club kids bullying her, basically like lynching her like as a group. And she had recorded all of it and she attached that to the text. So then all the hair club members, including the kids, all the parents, they have a meeting. Tante plays the recording and it's literally that scene, you know, just an audio version of that scene. Devil is furious and he's like, I want to know what happened. Jenny's mom is like, isn't it clear? Like you can hear the recording. Obviously, Sokkun was the leader. And Dr. Ha is like, there's nothing to it. Like Sokkyung planned it and Sokkun led them to it. And Jenny's mom is like, Je and Jenny just went along with it. Isn't that right, Jenny? And Jenny just like nods. She's like, yeah, I just went along with it. And lawyer Lee is like, yeah, and you can hear that Minyok's voice is barely in there. So they're trying to like take their kids off the hook. Like, come on, you're everyone committed this heinous act. Like they're not, they won't believe it even if there's evidence. But the devil is like, what the hell? Minyok's the one who recorded it, it says. And Jenny's voice is the one that's cursing the most. And he's like, it's true, it's fact that they all took turns drenching this girl in alcohol. This is a group lynching incident. Suryeon then says, all of our kids were at fault. They were all involved in this. This is a shameful and terrifying incident. And here we were trying to get rid of Minsora uh, for a crime that she didn't even commit. It was our kids. And she's like basically reprimanding the parents like, don't you think this is wrong? Like, do you not have shame? We need to apologize to Minsora right now. And we have no authority in trying to stop that girl from attending the school. Sojin then is like, are you insane? Like, are you crazy? Do you think the twins will be okay if this ordeal goes public? Like your kids, they're your kids. Do you think they'll be fine? Basically their reputation will be ruined. Like it'll follow them throughout college. And then Sudan is like, so you wanna cover this up? I don't know, like these moms are kind of selfish. Sudan's the only sane one here. I mean, we already knew that, but it's even more apparent. Then Tante offers a solution. He tells them that we should invite Minsora over, have a meeting with her, and we can discuss all of this then. And apparently there's a hair palace first anniversary party the next day. And it's a party to just celebrate um, Hera Palace and also their children um, for making the school. And Tante reminds them to not do anything stupid um, to ruin the party. He's like, just keep a low profile. I'm guessing this is the party where Anna dies or Minsona dies, right? Yeah, from episode one. <sighs> poor girl. Sudeon is at the hospital taking care of Hain when she actually notices that her air tank, her oxygen tank, has been turned off. She's shocked. She's like, who turned this off? And she turns it back on. And then a note just like slips into the VIP room, into her room. And the note is in like bloody text, basically saying that um, you are being tricked by Tante, by Chudante. Um, Hain is not your daughter. She is not your real daughter. 
Suryon is shocked and she heads immediately to the genetics lab and she gets a DNA testing. And the tests reveal that indeed, Hain is not her biological daughter. So Suryon is so confused and she's like, how can Dante do this to me? Like, what is going on? Like, where is my daughter then? Then the next scene is Minsora and she's walking into the hair palace. Um, she got a text from Dante asking her to meet on the 50th floor. When she arrives on the 50th floor, she gets kidnapped again. When she wakes up, she's duct taped to the chair and Tante and Sojin are sitting in front of her. They have like little tea table with like drinks. So I'm pretty sure they were like, you know, just chilling out until she woke up. Like that's so messed up, so messed up. Minsora is like, you people are crazy. The links that you are going, you guys are truly crazy. Then Tante is like, just hand over the tape, the recording and you know, all will be over. And he like walks over, he grabs her bag and like dumps the content out. Okay, like you had to do that while, like when she woke up, like couldn't you have done that while you were waiting for her to wake up? Like why wait until she woke up? You had all that time. You got the bag, you could look through her stuff before. And Minsara is like, you think I'm dumb enough to bring my phone here? I'm not that stupid. And then she basically tells them, I'm going to reveal your true faces to everyone. Sajin then walks over to her and like basically pulls her back by her hair and says like, you are a smart girl, aren't you? But let's see how long that will last. And then Tante puts a duct tape over her mouth. They both smile and then they walk out. So she's locked up in like this boiler room in the hair palace. Freaking evil. They're basically I mean, literally, there, it's a lawless land. Like, where is the law? Where? Clearly not there. Pure evil. Surya is on a, her run. I don't know why she's running at a time like this. She just found out that her daughter was not her daughter. Like, what you doing running? Anyway, she's running and she flashes back to all of her like romantic scenes with Dante. She feels very betrayed. She's like, I can't believe, you know, he did that to me. And then he sneaks into his study. She's trying to look around, probe around, looking for some answers. Um, and then she actually notices, sorry, I'm not skilled enough to talk and apply my lipstick. So then she notices like um, a model building of, I don't know if it's like the hair palace, but it's like a model, like a scale model of a building and it's like lit up. So she's like digging through, she's like, and she finds something hidden in that building. And it's like encased in like this little block display. I don't know, like a clear display. Like, you know, when you display like, um, like a specimen, <laughs> And guess what's there? It's a blurry finger. Blurry because they blurred it out. But it's like a long thing and then you can see like a wedding band at the end. So it's like a ring finger. It's blurred out. So it looks really funky and odd. Like, I don't know why they have to blur it out. I mean, if you have to blur it out, then just don't show it. You know, <laughs> like it just looks ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, um, she recognizes the ring. She like freaks out. She has a flashback 
And this flashback is when she was living in America with her first husband. Um, he's the owner of the ring. He's playing this piano and he's singing um, Suryon a song and just like serenading her. She's pregnant and they're just like, it just shows like a very peaceful time. But then out of nowhere, gunshots fired from outside of the house instantly kills her husband. He falls down on the piano and these two gunmen they just like show they just like come into the house and they start shooting the room um luckily sujan was not hit she like fell the, but she, and she was pregnant um and she fell and she passes out then guess who shows up the devil the devil himself he shows up dressed in white he walks over, looks at, looks down at Suryon, kind of just like glances at her. He goes to the husband and cuts off his ring finger with the blurred knife. They don't show the knife. They maybe it's the it's pointy things that they can't show, but they blurred out the finger, so that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. If you guys know, please let me know why they are blurring these things out. But anyways, um, yeah. So it was Dante. He like cut the. He killed. Sudan's first husband. Devil. And then at the hospital, this is still the flashback. And at the hospital, um, they're at the NICU and they see Sudan's baby. And Sudan's there with Tante. And Tante is basically like consoling her. So she, I guess at the time she didn't know that it was Tante. I mean, clearly she would not hanging around with him, you know, if she knew. And the devil is like explaining to her that there's something wrong with her baby. Like, she got some neurological damage, and so all she does is just sleep. Suryon is crying, saying, like, this is all my fault. And Tante just, like, consoles her and comforts her, saying, like, no, don't worry about it. She, now, Hain is my daughter now. I will take care of you both. Um, and then Suryon kind of, like, says, no, I can't let you do that. Like, our relationship is over. There's nothing between you and me. Um, but then Tante is like, I never forgot about you, Suryan. You are the love of my life. When you dumped me, I was so angry and I married somebody and had twins with them. But my wife, she died when giving birth due to sepsis. So would you please, Suryan, be my wife and be a mother to my twins, my poor, poor twins, please? And Suryan like looks kind of crazy. She's like, no, that's crazy talk. Hey, also. But then Tante's like, I will protect you and I will treat Hain like my child, like my own. I promise. And she gets convinced and he slips the ring on her finger. And that's how they got married. Like, girl. Suyun comes back from the flashback and she is in full disbelief. She's like shocked. She's like, how can Dante do this? Such an evil deed. And she just looks very, very mad. I mean, like, I would be mad too. Just found out that my husband killed my husband. What? She then gets a call from the no note slipper. Um, and the note slipper, he's like using like some voice like changing tool. And he's like... Are you ready to learn about the truth? And Suryan's like, I don't even know who you are. Like, how am I supposed to trust what you say? And he's like, So you don't want to find your real daughter? And she's like, You know where my real daughter is? 
Is she alive? And then he's like, If you want to find your real daughter, you need to do everything I tell you to, or else Hayden is going to die. And Sweetheart's like, Don't you dare lay a finger on Hayden. She is my child. She's like crying, and then the man just like hangs up. In the living room, Tante is like listening to music on his headphones, and he's just like, you know, enjoying his leisure time. He has like a cup of drink in his hand. He's just like listening to music. Suryon being full, like she has, she's like in full rage mode. She grabs like a trophy that was displayed in the living room and she sneaks up behind him. Gets ready to smack him in the head. And I was like, do it, girl. Do it. Don't just think about it. Do it. But then when Tante opens his eyes and looks back, She's not there. She's hiding actually behind the couches and she's just crying. No, girl, you missed your chance. She then gets a text from the man, the note slipper, and the text tells her to go to Hope Orphanage and look for a girl who was dropped there um, on December 2004, wrapped in a navy jacket. Meanwhile, Yoon-hee is delivering um, green juice, I think that's what it is, to um, houses. So I think we talked about this in season one where there's like a yakult or milk lady who like goes to um, the houses and they like deliver the milk. Uh, but she's the green juice lady. So she's just like delivering the green juice. And then she gets a call from lawyer Lee saying that Seo-jin has dro- agreed to drop the lawsuit. And Yoon-hee is like, Seo-jin agreed to do that? And Lawyer Lee, he's obviously lying. Um, he's like, yeah, yeah, she just agreed to do it. So thank you. Have a good day. Bye. He just like quickly hangs up. Yoon-hee then gets home and she's like excited to tell Rona the news, I guess. Um, she goes into Rona's room, but sees Rona just having like another tantrum. She's throwing another tantrum. She's like... She's ripping up all of her sheet music and all of her like um, notes and like everything related to classical singing. She's just, like going full beast mode and she's screaming and crying, saying like my life is over. Like, you know, like I'm she's like also hitting and choking herself. Like, you know, I don't deserve to sing. Like, I'm never going to sing ever again. Like, I don't deserve this voice or, you know, talent does not matter in this world. And Yuni is like trying to calm her down. She's also crying and like hugging Rona saying like, I'm so sorry that you're going through this and basically begging her to stop hurting herself. The next scene is Tante telling the hair club members that just the adults this time, um, that Minsara is actually locked up in the boiler room. And Suryon is actually not there. Um, I don't think he would have told her if she was there because she was very against all of this. She's like the the, a- the only sane one. The other parents, they look surprised, but I don't know. They, they look surprised, but then they're like more concerned about um, the recording than her, which I mean fits their characteristics, but... And then Tante tells them that, you know, you... You shouldn't go down there because she's still very cocky. And if you provoke her, she can do something else. Um, So just let me handle it. Dr. Ha is like, ah, but capturing a student and holding her hostage is a little bit too much, no? But Jenny's mom is like, well, you want something bad to happen to our kids? What are you talking about? That's not too much. Where is the law, lawless land? So their kid's future is 
greater than committing felony, I guess, committing murder. What kind of lawless land? Lawless. I cannot say it enough. This drama takes place in a lawless land. Then they all get excited about the upcoming party. They're like, "Oh yes, we need to get ready and get pampered. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have so much fun at this party." And when Sajin asks where Suryeon is, Tante says that she is feeling sick. Suryeon is actually um, at the. She goes to the Hope Orphanage. But at the site of the orphanage, there's like construction. So she talks to one of the workers there and learns that the owner of the director of the orphanage had sold the orphanage and basically closed down. Like they moved, they sold the place, and he just like closed the orphanage. I don't know what happened to the kids, and the the guy, the worker, he says he doesn't know any information because um, basically like. He cut off all communication. The director, Sudan, then hires a private investigator to get the information of the orphanage、um, and the director. And she tells him money is no object. So the quicker you find the director, the more I will pay you. At the penthouse, Tante is getting ready for the party, and he looks over to see Sudan lying in bed, and she's pretending to be sick. And Tante like leans over to her, saying like, "Do you want me to stay behind,、um, help you get ready? Like, are you sure you'll be okay?" And Suryon is saying like, "Yeah, no, you go ahead first. You're the leader of the party. Like, you're the one who's in charge. So go ahead. I'll, I'll catch up when I feel better." And he's like, "Okay, sweetie." And he like gives her a kiss, and he leaves. As soon as he leaves, she gets up. She heads over to her phone and she calls the private investigator. He got the information of the director and she goes to see him. The director is golfing,、um, and he basically tells her that he discarded the kids' information when he closed down the、um, orphanage, and he's like, "Why do you need the records?" Like, did you leave your child in our orphanage? He's very cocky. Like, he's very rude.、Um, I don't know. I thought like you know, directors of orphanages would be nice, but he is evil. He seems evil a little bit,、um, and very resentful that he had the orphanage to begin with. When Suyeon asks why he quit the orphanage, he like gets all fired up. He's like, "Why do I have to answer to you?" You know, like you're the one who wanted to throw your child away, and like now you're crawling back to me. What's that all about? And he's like, I took care of those orphans all my life, and contributed to the social welfare of this country. So I deserve some financial benefit from it. Now I'm resting. Sudan hears this, and she's like pissed. She takes she takes his golf club and starts like smashing, like just hitting the floor. She doesn't smash anything.、Um, she just like starts hitting it. Hitting the floor and just let her frustrations out, but he freaks out. He's like, "What the hell?" And she like stands up to him, saying, "Like, how can you afford to build a driving range in Gangnam after selling an orphanage in the suburbs? Something fishy is going on, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it." She basically just like threatens him that she will dig up every fishy things that he has done, and this is enough to scare him. So he actually digs through his.、Um, Shed, I guess I don't know what it was, but he finds the records and gives it to her. Reminds her that she's not allowed to take any 
photos because these are confidential. And Sujan starts to flip through the records and she notices something. Then the scene changes to Minsora and she's still in the boiler room um, and she passes out. She, I don't think she has had water or food. It was the next day when the, the so she got kidnapped the day before the party and it was the day of the party. So she's been in that room for a day without food, without water, all tied up. Sojin then is getting ready and we see her open the door to the boiler room. But we don't really see her go in, but we know that she went in because she opened the door. Downstairs, fireworks have started and the party has started. All the hair club members are there, including the kids, and they're just laughing, having fun. All the residents of the hair palace are there as well, just enjoying the party in their ball gowns. Yunhee is actually by the, I think it's Han River, I'm not really sure, but she's by the river. Um, and she's like just in the bayou area and she's just drinking soju right out of the bottle. She's just full on upset because I mean, her daughter is trying to hurt herself. So that's understandable. And then she like sees from afar, you can see the hair club palace from that, from her view. And, um, she sees the fireworks and, you know, she hears all the music and she just gets up. She goes to the party where everyone is, you know, having fun and she is all drunk. She slips into the party that she passed security. I don't know what the security were doing, but she goes into actually the ballroom in the building past security, all drunk and kind of like she can't walk straight. She's just like wobbling and she has like this anger in her eyes um, and she's like muttering to herself that it's all Sojin's fault that she's living this life like her she like touches her neck and like you can see the scar and um, she's all like angry and she sees Sojin having a good time so she that also gets her riled up she's like it's her fault that Rona is suffering and she just like goes over to that she grabs a bottle of champagne and she starts downing it and she blacks out. The next scene is the next day and, and Yunhee is back at her house. The phone rings and next to the phone, there's like a picture frame. This is like a side note, but in the picture frame is a picture of her and a baby. And we're supposed to think that that's Rona, but it's actually Eugene's real life daughter. Rohi, I think that's her name. So it's like a picture of them. And I thought that was just cute. I thought that was just like a nice touch, you know? Anyways, yeah. So phone rings and Yuni's like all drunk. She's like, you know, having a hangover. She has like a big hangover and she's like reaching for the phone and she answers the phone and it's a call from Chang'a Arts High School. The lady on the phone tells Yuni that Rona was admitted to the Chang'a Arts High School. And Yuni asks, how? The lady tells her that somebody on the admissions list died yesterday. And so a spot opened up. And since Rona is number one on the wait list, she has been admitted. Okay, like, it's very good news that, you know, Rona was admitted. But did the woman have authority to say that somebody died? Like, isn't that like, private? Like, isn't that like a privacy issue? Like, like, no one needs to know that they died. Like, lawless land, hashtag no privacy here. Like, what the heck? People just say that the, from the school? Like, I mean, 
I've gotten like emails like saying like uh like a student had passed away due to like circumstances, but like straight up just saying that because somebody died, like your daughter got in, like I feel like that's a privacy issue. No, is it not? Anyways, even more shocking, Yunhee like looks very shocked and she had like blood all over her hands. She had like a huge cut in her hand as well, but she didn't notice. But then, like, she, like, kind of comes to her senses and she whispers, Did I do that? What? 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 And that is the end of episode three. What? So, like I said, I didn't film the outro. Um, so, some of my insights from this episode. Uh, poor Minzora. Ugh, like I feel so bad for her. Um, we know she died on episode three. We don't see it happen, but I mean, we saw it on episode one, so we know that she dies. So was it Yoonhee or was it Sojin? Because she was the last person to go in to the boiler room or I mean, it could always be somebody else. And I don't know about you, but my K-drama senses are tingling and I really feel like Suryeon's real daughter is by chance, like Minsora. Because the way they showed Minsora right after um Suryeon was looking at her like the her daughter's file, I don't know, it seemed very suspicious, right? Is it just me? Is it just my weird K-drama senses tingling? But also, if it is Minsora, I feel like it's too obvious. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't make it that. But then again, like why did they have Minsora like that character if she's only gonna die in episode three? I feel like she's gonna be, like she's somehow important to the story, like her death. But I mean, it might just be me. And we don't know who the note slipper is. But again, my K drama senses are telling me that it might be the secretary. Like the devil's secretary. Yeah. I feel like things happened really quickly in this episode. So it was much easier to watch um, without stopping, honestly, because I think the past two episodes, they were like packed with events, showing the characters and setting up the, I guess, the the situations and the um, events. So it was kind of hectic and it was really jam-packed with a lot of detail. But this one, I feel like since we know a little bit more about the characters, it was kind of smoother, like the story transitions, I feel. I'm curious to know who killed Minsora and if the killer is going to be revealed in the next episode or if it's like the type of drama that makes you second guess every character and like suspect everyone before they actually reveal the ki killer at the end. So there's like two types, right? So the first one would be like Beyond Evil or Kremur. Uh, that's the Korean um, drama title. So Beyond Evil, that's a drama on Netflix. And I really enjoyed watching that show. But on that show, uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but, but they reveal the serial killer halfway through the show. So you already know um, who it is, but you know, the other characters are trying to figure that out. Um, but you as the viewer, you know it. And then there's another drama like Tungbek drama. I don't know the English title. It's like when, where the Tungbek flower blooms or something, where the flower blooms or something like that. Um, and that's also a drama on Netflix. In that drama, the killer is revealed at the very end. Um, so there are two types of these 
dramas, I guess. And I'm curious to know what type of drama Penthouse is going to be like. Anyways, I'm excited for the next episode, and I promise I will do a better job at like coordinating and remembering, actually remembering to film the intro and the outro so that it's not, you know, that you don't lose the video. Anyways, um, so that wraps up this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you are listening from, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at KDrama in Room 343 and on my personal Instagram and Twitter at Yurinaze95. You can also follow me on TikTok at Yuri underscore Christina. Thank you so much for joining me and I will talk to you guys next week with episode four.